This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of I Know That Face, the only podcast which honours the often underappreciated by the masses work of character actors. My name is Stephen Portio. Usually at this point you'd hear, my name is Andrew Carroll, but today I'm alone in recording, and I'm not in the Head Stuff Podcast Studio, hence the slightly downgraded sound quality. This is because uh, during the week I had the opportunity to speak to one of my favourite filmmakers and director of character actors, Abel Ferrara. He was in town for the Silk Road Film Festival and for a screening of his new movie, Tommaso, which stars uh, Willem Dafoe, his long-term leading man. They've done, at this stage, five movies together, with a sixth coming out after Tommaso. For those who don't know, Abel Ferrara is uh, a wild man. After all, this is a filmmaker who began his career directing and starring in The Driller Killer, which is a film about a a troubled artist who begins uh, murdering homeless people with a power tool. And just as his debut opens with the message, this film should be played loud. He lived his next few decades similarly brashly, you know. This was at the same time he, he was helming 80s and 90s classics like China Girl, King of New York, The Funeral, and The Addiction, all of which to varying degrees are dark and lowered films with uh, dirt under their fingernails. However, following an early 21st century relocation from New York to Rome, and finally conquering his long-term battles with addiction, Farrar has matured. While his output can still be tough and disturbing, movies he's made in the last 10 years like Welcome to New York, Pasolini, and his most recent work, Tommaso, are quieter. Uh, They feel a lot more meditative and introspective. I really love Tommaso. I think it's the most beautiful thing he's ever put on celluloid and perhaps his late career masterpiece. Uh, It's a film which reminded me a lot of uh, Jim Jarmusch Patterson, but Abel Ferrara's version of that, which is as cool as that sounds, uh, it's very autobiographical. It sees Ferrara's long-term collaborator, Defoe, essentially play the director. And while it ha- maintains a lot of uh, its director's loose, improvisational, slightly chaotic style, under its uh, on-the-surface rambling narrative is a very compelling, self-critical character study about an artist struggling in the fight against his urges you know, and ready to implode. It's very honest. It's very heartfelt. It's very powerful. It's easily my favourite film of Ferrara's in the 2000s, and Defoe's performance is in my top five of the actors, too. When I sat down with Farrar, I hadn't seen Tommaso yet. Uh, however, we spoke about the movie, what it's like to work with Defoe, his career as a whole, and what's next for him. So I hope you enjoy the interview. So I'm sitting here with Abel Ferrara, director of such classics as King of New York, Bad Lieutenant, China Girl, incredible movies, Pasolini, and you're in Dublin for the premiere of Tommaso. A full disclosure, I haven't seen the movie. I'm going to see it tonight at the IFI, and I'm very excited. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the movie? Um, well, it's a good one. Well, Willem plays a, um, a director living in Rome. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just about his daily life, you know, and his inner life. And uh, he, he, the film is with the woman I live with. And my daughter, I have a five-year-old daughter. She's four, she was three at the So it's about his family life, it's about his work, he's teaching, he's putting another film together. Basically leading kind of life I live. But, you know, Tommaso, um, Tommaso's his own character, you know, and in, in, in the, um, in, within that framework, Willem, you know, does his magic. This is a movie about an American filmmaker going to live in Italy, and it stars your daughter. Is it is the most personal movie you've made to date? Or? Ah, they're all personal, man. You know what I mean? I mean, whoever the characters are, it doesn't really matter you know, to me. You know. 
I'm sure Mickey Mouse was personal to Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very autobiographical film. <laughs> You, you hear about directors and actors um, having uh, special relationships like Robert De Niro and Matt Scorsese or Pedro Almodovar yeah. and Antonio Banderas, but it seems like you and Willem have a very special relationship yeah. in that. Can so Stuart and Alfred Hitchcock, John Ford and John Wayne. Yeah, it's, it's a tradition, man. It's a traditional type thing, you know. Yeah, it's not just that you are filmmaking collaborators. You're also neighbors, right? Yeah, he lives around the corner when he's in Rome, but, you know, he works. He does a lot of work in it. Willem is a globetrotter. What do you think it is about your films that um, keep bringing Willem back in the sense, because he works with so many directors, he'll yeah. show up in blockbusters, but it, it seems like you and him, um, you yeah, allow him a free... Like I say, it's a tradition, you know. We just, um, you know, we're connecting. These films are basically working, you know, kind of the next one is always based on the ones we did before, you know. It's kind of like we're working towards something I don't know what, but it's, I, I hope, you know, it's something. We feel it's something, you know, and like Willem brings, you know, we have a group, and, and he's part of the group. He's the actor in the group, and Willem brings, you know, so much to us, you know, just his experience, the fact he works with all these people, you know, that he goes out, he kind of, you know, all that he brings to the table, you know, he's, a, you know, he's worked in theater groups, you know, Rooster Group. Comes from a big family, actually, so he has a very strong sense of community that kind of keeps our group together. You know, would his um, contribution to the movies that you're making, as well as acting, would he, you know, be writing, improvising? Yeah, he's in there all the way, man. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. You know, from the very beginning. Since moving from um, New York to Italy, has that changed the movies you want to make at all? You think? Well, yeah, I mean, everything changes the movies you want to make, you know, I mean, everything changes, you change, the places change, Rome changes from when I first got there, you know, I've been working in Italy for 20 years now, yeah. so, or 18, or 17, you know, so. It's just, I notice um, from the movies that you were making in the 80s and 90s, and the movies you're making now, they're, they're still about the similar topics, but I think the ones in the 80s and 90s were more thrillers about, you know, the good versus evil and you know Dante's Inferno of addiction and then I think the movies now are about that but I feel that you're they're a bit more meditative and they're probing why humans do things like that yeah. am I right in on that yeah yeah I mean it just changes with your experience it changes with you you just get I guess I don't know getting older or just you know working I think it was always part of our thing but you know we were in other places, making other kind of films with different people for different reasons, you know. Yeah. I think it's just someplace we matured to. But I don't think it's any different from the beginning. We were always, you know, that was our, somewhere deep in our unconscious was. <laughs> and uh, the show that I'm toasting about um, is about character actors. So, oh, really? you know, right. actors, we pick an actor every fortnight yeah, and kind of like we've done well I was going to ask you we did an episode about Bob Hoskins oh wow and he was in Go-Go Tales yeah, and sure. we talked a bit about it on the podcast oh, uh, what was he like to work with he was fantastic yeah, he was great it's like all in all there you know totally connected totally you know these guys are so open to other people you know we had him in there with real people you know he was surrounded by real guys not actors you know he was like so generous and so he brought a couple of his own guys too, <laughs> actually, and it was good, man. It was good. Sorry, he's gone. Yeah. yeah it's terrible. 
but you've also worked with um, I think three of the best character actors maybe ever um, Christopher Walken honestly. what do you mean by character well it's a very loose term on the show and we're always debating who is a character and who's not I always think of it as people that aren't marquee idols or their names aren't a the poster on a movie or um, but they think they're marquee but they, <laughs> they are and uh, when, when they're in Walken is the ultimate marquee right again. Yeah. he almost become an A-lister from being such a great character actor which is the place you want to be yeah, well, he's <laughs> always a star I mean Chris is a real star so hmm. Is there anyone um, in particular you've worked with in the past um, that I haven't mentioned that you, you know, it was a great experience? There's a lot of guys that, no, I mean, real positive, you know, it's very seldom, it's not part of the actors. I mean, I, I just, I just get it, I get a lot, I mean, that's why I'm a director, you know what I mean? I mean, I connect to them. I dig them, you know, I dig the people we work with. I mean, we're talking about women as, you know, as much as men. I mean, I very rarely walked away from this. Maybe in the early days when I wasn't really sensitive enough to what, or you know, a good enough director for the actor, you know, maybe we got into some beefs, but not lately. You know, I mean, we, 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 we you know, we're smart enough to know who we should work with and who we shouldn't, you know. And then once we do it, you know, filmmaking is is great when everything is cool, you know. In your movies, I noticed that not even just with the main actors. The, Anyone who is in the movie has an amazing face. Like they just their faces tell stories. Um, like I was watching Pasolini last night, or even the non-fiction parts of Napoli, Napoli, Napoli. Right. Like just great-looking people. Just like you feel really immersed in the world. It's almost like I imagine from what you're saying, it's you taking people off the streets and putting them yeah, in movies. Yeah, and that's the deal. even the actors that come from the streets, <laughs> they don't live in heaven. <laughs> They're all from the street. <laughs> Why don't more directors do that? Because I, I think it just makes everything more realistic, more gritty, more into that yeah. world. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. You moved to Italy after um, 9-11 because yeah. you said it was getting hard to uh, get movies funded. I was wondering... Yeah, if it became a negative attitude towards me. I mean, when after 9-11 was a tragedy, you know, I mean, really. I mean, come on, 5,000. Yeah, I mean, I knew too many people died and even the after effects so many people are dying now from you know the repercussions of that and all the kids growing up without fathers and mothers and it's a fucking disaster right but um right after that was a great time i mean new york really came together you know and that tragedy really it was really a beautiful time to be you know in new york and be a new yorker and then then it came became like a land grab and a real thing you know until new york is now where you know it's just my New York's unrecognizable. I'm sure it's a wonderful, beautiful place for a lot of people, but I don't, I don't, I don't dig it. I don't dig driving people out. I don't think, you know, I don't think in 15 years rents go from, you know, skyrocket ten times fucking cost. I mean, you know what I mean? Coffee's eight dollars a fucking cup. Water's twenty dollars. You know, I'm sure this costs eight, but but you know, it's <laughs> not just. It's all inner cities. It's all urban cities. I mean, it's it's some kind of. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Is to me, it's like a ripoff. But I'm sure it's a beautiful. And you know, when I go back, it's exciting. I get it. It's an exciting thing. But everybody's working. They're grinding, man. They're grinding. It's like you know, I see people working, and I'm thinking, fuck. You know, it's like it's like being in Egypt building the fucking pyramids you know what I mean <laughs> cab drivers working 16 hours a day 6 days a week just to fucking pay the rent fuck that's not cool 
So it, it sounds like you wouldn't want to go back. What? It sounds like you wouldn't want to go anywhere. You know, I'm a filmmaker. If, a, if an idea brings me someplace, I'll go there. If I can afford to be there when I'm there, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, I'm not negative to anything. You know, some places are cooler than others. You know. Is there any um, filmmakers that are emerging right now from that New York scene that you particularly like? I'm not, you know, I'm not living there. I'm not there working, whatever. I'm in Italy. I know the guys around my neighborhood. You know, there's a film school around my neighborhood. I know those guys. I go to different places in Europe, you know. But I make films, so my focus is on what I'm doing. I only ask because um, um, the Sati brothers right. directors have really blown up lately, and I, I see a lot of them. I saw you, I see a lot of you in their movies. Yeah, that was a good one. Uncut Gems was really good. I thought uh, Adam, I thought was great in that. Yeah. But you're in Daddy Long Legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not as good as Adam Sandler <laughs> in Uncut Gems, but I'm in the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they, it seems like uh, they're doing a similar thing to you, and that they're taking people off the streets. Um. You know, it's a tradition of New York filmmaking, and they're like you know, New York filmmakers. I'm not sure if you heard, but um, Quentin Tarantino was on a podcast recently and he was picking three of his movies that he really wanted to discuss with these film critics. And he picked, um, I think it was Dunkirk, Unstoppable, and King of New York. So the movie with that Tony Scott directed with Denzel Washington and Chris Pine about the train. But um, he was full of praise for you when he was talking a lot about your movies like Mrs. 45 and The Gladiator and China Girl and King of New York and how much he loved it. Um, yeah, it was, go- it was very going in deep. And I've seen him talking about Miami Vice episodes and crime story and stuff. You know, he's, he's like an idiot savant. <laughs> I mean, he's like brilliant that way, man. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how he keeps on top of all that information. But, yeah, I'm happy. He, you know, yeah. you know, I knew him back at the day. You know, I knew him better back when he because he was kind of doing um, Reservoir Dogs when we were making Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, you know, because Har- yeah, Harvey was big, you know, f- it's cool, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I was going to ask because you've got Tommaso coming out here now, right. or screening, t- and then Siberia not soon after. I'm sure we're going to see it, and yeah. you know, you're. Win, but I don't say it. So you've got movies coming out. I was wondering if you, people um, rediscovering your work. Is there any movies that that you directed that you think? Um, Went a little bit underrated or underseen that you would like people to never check seen? out? Never seen? How about never seen? <laughs> <laughs> Our Christmas, you know? Yeah. You ever see that? I actually haven't seen that. Yeah. I, um, I don't think it ever probably came out in Ireland. I don't think it came out anywhere. So you should, no, it might have came out in New York, um, in the States. Check it out. Yeah. And uh, I think Napoli, Napoli, Napoli is an incredible movie. You like that one, yeah. Well, there's the documentary being, you know, kind of. We were doing that. We did it with Chelsea on the Rocks too. We were like shooting dramatic scenes within the framework of a documentary. Do you do you like doing documentary films? Yeah, I love it. I don't know. Just loose, free. You know, it's just I like talking to people. You know what I mean? I like I like hearing hearing these. I like hearing other people's stories. You know. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because I saw a quote from Mum Defoe and he's being interviewed and he spoke with you and he said that um, he's not a criminal, he's not a street guy, but he has some affinity with those people. And I was wondering, um, where do you think that comes from? Because your movies, you know, I was watching Napoli, 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 and you're interviewing these um, inmates in the prisons and going to pretty rough areas. And, um, you know, you, you're getting so much out of them. And um, it's, you, there's a lot of empathy. You yeah, know what I mean? My homeboy, you know, like you, you're from there. That's, that's you know, you, got, you feel, you sense your soul, you sense your connection. It's beautiful, you know. You have to have the opportunity to do it, to shoot it, to interconnect, you know. You know, it's beyond the movie. You know, it's 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 the the act of making a movie. You know, yeah. and then the act of sharing a movie. You know, 
while we're just going into your uh, deep into your filmography, um, you directed the pilot episode for Crime Story and yeah. directed episodes of Miami Vice. They now feel like when we're in this prestige era of TV, the first examples of that, you know, very bringing that cinematic style to TV yeah, yeah, and yeah. non-serialized storytelling. Yeah, right, right. Did, did it feel like that at the time? Yeah, well, Michael Mann, oh, he was that was he was like the big dog then, man, you know, doing that stuff. So he was, yeah, he would t- he was great because he was like everything was the most important thing in the fucking world. Yeah, you know, the guy's tie, the fucking bottles on the, on the, you know, he, you know, he was he. He's, he's, he's very special, so, you know, he brought this kind of thing. He didn't give a shit that it was TV or what, you know, it was even more, you know. He was like, he was into design and color, and, and he was into the cinema, you know. So, it's all shooting, man. It doesn't matter where it's for, who it's for. It's, you know, it's, a, it's about who's behind the camera and, and their, 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 you know, their mindset. Would you ever think about doing TV? Everything is for TV. I mean, I'm doing telephones. I mean, I'm doing, you know, how people watch films. Who cares? I shoot the same way. I don't care. I'm, I'm not thinking about how they're going to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, if we should go and watch screen, you know, I'm, I'm worried about the frame, bro, but I'm not worried about the, I'm not, you know, I'm bringing the same thing every, hopefully, you know, yeah. to every fucking shot, every frame. Can we talk a bit about uh, Siberia? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk about. That's why it took so long to get made, you know. But anyway, it's Willem again, so, you know. He's playing four characters, right? Well, he plays, you know, he's in there a couple of times. You know, he does a couple of different things. And, um, you know, it's kind of, but we play the double game, you know. He's playing, you know, um, another character that's, you know. And... um, and there's a lot of personal stuff of his in there. So there's his father; he's playing him, and you know. But it's a, it's a journey. It's it's a, it's a you know. We get out of our our comfort zone. You know, we're at the top of a mountain. You're up the top of the Alps. We're shooting dog sleds. We're shooting in the desert of Mexico. We're in L.A. wrestling bears. It's fucking crazy shit. Sounds like you're in your element. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's become my element. But I, yeah, and then go back home and shoot Tommaso too. Yeah, right. That's Very good. Thank you for listening to the special bonus episode of I Know That Face. Our next episodes will be on Barry Kilhan, Kyle Urban, and Judy Greer. If our schedule stays the same, please give us a rating and a review wherever you get podcasts and subscribe to us. Follow us on Twitter at I Know That Face P1 or email us at I Know That Face Pod at gmail.com. You know, let us know what you think of the series. Let us know if there's a character actor you'd like us to do an episode on. Or, you know, let us know if you're someone in journalism or film who'd like to be on the show. And on that note, see you later, Cinephiles. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.